Well, hello everyone. Um, this is Rob Charlton. I am the first speaker on this new podcast from BIM Technologies. And we had the idea of putting something together on podcast to have a look at what's happening in the industry at the moment and bring together a bunch of people that have had lots of experience who can share their thoughts um, and ideas of what's happened in the past, what's going to happen in the future, um, and something that's just really interesting to a lot of people that are in this, this area. It's certainly an area that is growing in interest and it's an area that has some real challenges but also some real opportunities going forward. I'm talking to you today from um, Space Group's head office in Newcastle and it's at a time right at the start of the impact of the pandemic and I think this might be possibly the last couple of days where we'll be working from uh, Spaceworks and we'll be all heading home and working working from home. But interestingly, this does highlight some interesting observations and always from a, um, a challenge and an adversity, some positives can come out of it. And I think what we'll see is industry changing and certainly we've all realised the importance of video conferencing, Products like Zoom, Teams are all really coming to their own. And uh, also cloud storage, the bandwidth you've got in the office. Um, people like Autodesk with BIM 360 will be saying, well, we were telling you for years we needed this. So it's a really interesting time and I think it'll demonstrate how the industry can collaborate. And who knows, or I'm pretty sure when we get on the other side of it, um, nothing will ever be the same again. And I think maybe we'll consider not having as many meetings as we have and we can realise that we can do a lot more without having to travel and, and the, the the positive outcome of all of this might be that we save a lot of carbon on flights, on car travel and, and things like that. The first area I wanted to talk through and pick up for this first podcast was to really reflect on Bimshaw Live, which for those that haven't had the pleasure of coming along to Bimshaw Live, um, which is a conference we've been running for the last um, nine years, is that we had a a theme this year for BIM for Good. And, and the idea of that was that instead of our industry always looking inwards because we've had so many challenges over the years, there's an opportunity for us to look outwards. And now because we've seen so much improvement and shared working as a sector, there's a chance for us to do more and be broader in our offering and support other parts of society um, as we have new challenges. Again, as somebody sitting... Um, in the north of England, very much our focus is around um, outcomes of the Grenfell Inquiry and the impact that's had on so many people's lives. 72 people died, unfortunately, so that's very much front and centre from, from my personal point of view, and I follow the Grenfell Inquiry very closely. But that brings two areas and two priorities where digital can, can help out. Certainly from a compliance point of view, how buildings follow regulations, and very importantly, when we look what some of the areas of challenge have been is around uh, responsibility, tracking information, who did what when. And at the moment, it's taking millions of pounds and lots of discussion with bar barristers and judges to try and sort that out. And the other very important area, which is following through, is the whole thing around carbon, CO2, um, and how important that now is a, an issue for the whole of society. But as we know, buildings have a huge impact on carbon so what we need to do as an industry is, is think about the impact we have and how we can we can improve that so 
A couple of issues really is that I, I see if you look at around the industry and whilst we all might talk around partnership and working together and collaboration, the fundamental is that most people in the industry, at a, not necessarily a personal level, but as a, at a business level or a, a, a delivery level, basically hate each other. Contractors dislike designers, designers dislike contractors, subcontractors don't like main contractors, and it just goes on. Um, and, and a lot of that is driven by the contractual situation that, that we find ourselves in. And the, the main challenge for me is that when you look back on the Grenfell situation and you, and you follow the inquiry as I do and, and, and watch every day about what's been going on, there's clearly a, a lack of responsibility in the sector, that we don't take responsibility for what we have to do, who's responsi- responsible for various different design aspects, construction aspects. And a lot of that is around not setting things out in the first instance, um, not having a design responsibility matrix or a delivery matrix. And, and the industry's become very, very clouded, very grey, and we're all too happy to uh, pass the parcel. So I think that's a real big issue for us in industry. But the next one is around specification. And within Space Group is Bimstore. One of the things we hear all of the time from manufacturers is the issue of spec breaking. And there's lots of reasons for spec breaking, but a, but a big one is about lowering the cost. And increasingly, we need to be looking at the impact of of cost on outcomes, but also how we understand value. Cost is a very easy metric to measure um, in that it's very one-dimensional, but value is multi-dimensional and value is different things to different people. So it's, so it's quite a challenge to understand that, but as we can see from the whole Grenfell issue, that getting the specification wrong can have huge implications. Driving specification through cost rather than compliance can have implications. Not following the reasons for change. And, and often when a designer, for example, picks a product, picks a product, they don't pick it just on a whim. There's, there's often many conflicting and contrasting reasons why we pick certain products. So... We need to consider that more. Um, and, and at Bimshaw Live, I came up with a, an analogy that we have in our industry that, that if, if you imagine if you were doing your shopping and you wanted Heinz tomato sauce, Kellogg's cornflakes, Heinz beans and, and gluten-free Warburton's bread, that, that's what you wanted and that's your specification. Unfortunately, in our sector, often what happens is because we make those decisions on often on cost, you can go to Aldi and get their tomato sauce, or you can go to Lidl and get their own brand cornflakes, and you can also get Tesco's own brand baked beans. And it, it is cheaper, definitely, but that wasn't the specification. The specification was to Heinz tomato ketchup, cornflakes, and Heinz beans. So that, that change has been made, and it's understanding why that change has been made, um, and somebody decided to have tomato ketchup because that's what they wanted, and maybe that there was a particular reason for them doing that. So changing the spec without other people knowing can, can have significant implications. The, the final one that I, that I mentioned was the Warburton's gluten-free, and the challenge with that is that it was very specific. It was Warburton's bread, but it was gluten-free. The one that I got when I did my shopping was just a wholemeal loaf from um, Sainsbury's, and it was cheap, I say, but it wasn't gluten-free. So changing the spec that can be have implications. So, for example, somebody that has gluten intolerances um, can be affected by that. So the whole point there is specification is very important. 
people deciding on specifications have done it for a reason. They've used technical guidance. And as an industry, we must make sure that we record all those decisions and we have that level of information um, in front of us. So again, looking back, I spent a bit of time thinking about this. And so we have this specification. We don't like each other. We keep changing things. Um, we keep getting things wrong. It's quite an aggressive industry. And I, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think everyone in the industry's necessarily dislikes each other. I don't think the industry is full of not very nice people. I think from from a personal perspective, there's some great people in the industry and there's very few that are, that I would say are not nice people or haven't got along with. But I think we have a sense of behaviours that are with us um, from, from the outset. And what causes that, I, I believe, if you had to pin it down after much thought, is procurement. Um, the procurement process drive certain behaviours. Design and build in particular, for me, has encouraged people to be lazy from a design point of view, to say it's not my responsibility and just push it down the line. When it gets to be a contract, the responsibility and risk is passed on to subcontractors. So I think the, the area to look at, and I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but the area to look at is certainly around procurement and how we can think about the future of procurement. But Certainly from, from my perspective in the industry, I've always tried to be optimistic and look to the future. And I do think the industry is a great industry to be in. I think it's an exciting industry. We're changing very quickly and there's some great young talent coming into it. So really, our challenge now is what's next? We've made some great progress in the whole world of what was BIM when we set out as a business um, in this digital world 20 years ago things have progressed massively and the whole idea of BIM in the the innovation curve is right down the line and we're, we're well through the early majority and, and moving into the late majority. So the people at the, at the beginning of that innovation curve, the innovators and adopters are, are ready for something else. So we, we've spent a lot of time looking at level two and whilst there's a, a lot of purists might say we're not quite at level two and what have you but a lot of the things that are in level two we, we can do now pretty straightforward it's more about adoption so the big question is what comes after level two when we look at the wedge diagram the infamous wedge diagram there was a very clear route through level zero level one level two and then obviously there was there was level three but the, the challenge being that we get to the end of pr many projects and particularly around level two, having all the Kobe drops that have worked so hard. But what we found is that basically people are taking that information and are putting it onto a USB stick and it's going in a drawer never used again. And that just seems such a waste when we've put so much energy and effort into collecting the information. We can produce models as an industry now. There's some really talented people. We can, we can coordinate models. We can have hundreds of separate individual models coordinated, not one issue. We can just about do that standing on our heads we can put fantastic data in there make it very consistent we can check it so we know how to do it we can do it maybe the adoption is slower and and, and getting people to do it can be a um, can be a bit slower but the area where we haven't progressed necessarily is, is operation and maintenance information beyond the end of construction and I think that's the real opportunity for us we're still using piles of documents folders OM lists and I think that's the area that we can really start to add value around carbon and, and the energy we use using buildings. The next question is, so once we've got to level three, what comes after level three? If we're, you know, we're still defining what level three is and that's looking in the future. And I would say 
And again, for the purists, controversial. I'd say it's level four. And the, the point is, I've got no idea what level four is. And to be honest, when we started off on the wedge diagram, there wasn't much knowledge about what level three is. But I think what is important is that we continue to progress as an industry and we use the really clever stuff, technology, is to see what we can do with level four and how can we improve on the whole process of digital construction and, and, and energy. So I think it is really a, um exciting time for the industry. And we've talked about the whole idea of design and construction and procurement, and that's something we've really got to grapple with. But the other interesting area is we're developing data in, in, in the whole area of grabbing information from IoT devices, um, bringing data together. There's some really clever people out there that can start crunching that data um, and continually feeding it back and continue, continually improving our product. So I see, I think it's a, a really exciting time. As we look to the future from a communication point of view, I, I have a view that if you're not communicating with your customers, audience, tenants through an app or through a mobile device, you are going to struggle. Um, and I think all of us will be doing that in in, in um, not too distant future. And actually, we've realised the importance of that even more now since we've got into this pandemic. I also think that a lot of things we're doing now from going from a design and construct approach, I think the whole idea of prop tech, property technology, brings all of that together into a far more connected way. So prop tech will probably sit over the top of all of these technologies and approaches and, and be a far more um, acceptable approach and, and integrated approach um, and, and people to understand. But coming back to it after seeing all of that, if we come back to it, the priorities that we have, not to be forgotten, is that we need to address issues around our carbon use and our commitment to that because we have a big part to play in it. And then also we need to understand compliance and have responsibilities to what we do on every project and get much better about managing our information and making sure that we build safe buildings that are right for the future. So the final message for me is that we need to make sure as an industry that we look out not just in, because I think we've been doing some great things over the last few years. But probably most importantly, the challenge I see is that having watched the Grenfell inquiry, the reality is when you when you watch it, what's shocking about it is that actually nothing particularly unusual happened in there. It's all things that happened day in, day out. There was unfortunate collection of people who missed things all the way through and no one put the hand up, but it happens to all of us, or it's happened to all of us in the past. The most concerning thing is that it's still happening today. And I know Judith Hackett said not too long ago, don't wait for the legislation. I'm, I'm pretty sure as an industry will, unfortunately. But my final message is that as an industry, we need to wake up, we need to address some of these issues and make sure that we don't have another Grenfell and we make sure that we are responsible and that we make a huge difference on the environment for the years ahead. So that was my first podcast and hopefully you found it interesting. Um, we will be going out there trying to find other people who might want to tell their story or rattle on about their interests. So hopefully you'll come back and maybe follow on from this particular cast. But also if you've got any thoughts or any people you want to speak or if you want to speak yourself, we'd love to hear from you.